You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. Well, good morning, GTF, and welcome to Church Online. Uh, We just want you to know that we miss you so much that you're not here with us in person, uh, but we're so glad that you're with us online. And one of the things that I want to ask you to do is that while we can't interact with one another, um, in our services this morning and have greeting time and, and shake each other's hands and love on each other and let each other know that we're here for each other, um, we can still do that um, through the live feed. And so if you're watching on Facebook, I just want to encourage you to use the chat feed and to, to let everybody know where you're watching from. If you have a prayer request today that you need uh, people to be praying for you, I just want to encourage you to draw on that from the other people that are watching with you and just let them know, hey, I could use prayer for, for this today. And, and just as much as you're willing to, as you're comfortable with sharing with those around you, just to invite them to come pray with you. And we just need to support one another as the body of Christ. And as always, if you need some personal ministry and you would like to talk to one of our team members, um, please uh, private message us and let us know uh, what it is that you're needing today. And we would love to be there for you uh, as you have need. And so before Before I jump into the message this morning, I want to give you a quick update of some ministry opportunities that have been happening for us as we've been going through this pandemic situation and the the COVID-19 deal. Um, There's just been a lot of ministry opportunities that have been opening up to us as a church, to other churches. The body of Christ is, is really right now being called upon by the world to show the love and the compassion of Christ to meet people's needs. And so I just wanted to let you know about some things that we have going on here at the church that that I want to invite you to come be a part of. Um, First of all, uh, one of the things that uh, that we support regularly here at GTF is Snack Packs for Kids right here in Dumas, Texas. And as many of you know, if you've been a part of that program before, this is a program that tries to help kids um, to alleviate hunger on the weekends. And so there's a lot of kids that they, they depend upon the school lunch program and breakfast program to, for, for their meals on a daily basis. And so whenever they go home on the weekend, we try to, through Snack Pack for Kids, send them home with some food that they can uh, you know, dip into as they go through Saturday and Sunday. Typically, those kids will drop by the nurse's office or if there's a specific classroom that they can pick up their snack packs during the school year. Well, as, as everybody knows, we're not meeting for school right now. And so one of the things that we've done for several years now as a church community at large in Dumas is a lot of the churches and volunteer organizations have picked up the slack in the summer months to make sure that Snack Pack for Kids happens even whenever school's not in session. And so basically what we've done with Snack Packs is we've mobilized all the churches in town and we're, we're ready to start our summer Snack Pack program right now until um, we, we aren't needed anymore. And so we are preparing to deliver summer Snack Packs all the way from now until sh- school starts again next year if that's what's needed of us. And so one of the things that's happened, and I'm really excited about this, is we, we expended several thousand dollars from our missions fund this last week to help buy some extra items to go in those snack packs, whether they're just basic uh, everyday necessities like toiletries that are in short supply in the grocery store, feminine hygiene products, other things uh, besides just the food that are delivered in those snack packs. And we as a church are trying to do that to meet people's needs that are, uh, that are, that are kind of prevalent right now. And so I just wanna uh, just remind you that, that now more than ever, it's really important to continue to worship the Lord in your giving and to support GTF financially. 
Uh, it, we really couldn't do what we're doing without your financial support. And so I just want to encourage you that there's several different ways that you can continue to give, even as we're doing uh, church services online. You can give electronically. If you've never done that before, I want to encourage you to go over to our website, mygtf.org. There may be some information in the comments below. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can go over to mygtf.org, and you can go to our, our Give button. There's, a, there's actually a button that says Give on there or Donate. And you can, it'll give you instructions on how to do that, or you can text give. The number to text give, well, actually, I'm going to ask those who are moderating to actually type that in the comments so that you can text give through simple donation. But also, if you're not comfortable giving online, you can always mail in your, ch your check to, or your money order to GTF at P.O. Box 452 in Dumas 79029 is the zip code. Or you can just drop by the church. We'll have somebody here from 9 to 5, Monday through Thursday, our regular office hours. And so just want to encourage you to continue to support GTF financially as we continue to do the ministry that God's called us to do. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open those up this morning to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to be um, reading in God's Word. And you know, as uh, the crisis of the last couple of weeks has kind of settled in, we're kind of entering into a place in the next week where we're going to kind of start entering into a new normal. And as we enter to a new normal, it's going to look a little bit different and things are going to uh, not be what it used to be, right? There's going to be um, schooling from home happening. I know a lot of people are working from home or several people are just not working at all. And so as we kind of settle into a new normal and kind of the, the emergency and the panic begins to settle down, we have to begin to find a new rhythm for life. And as we find a new rhythm to, for life, what I really want to focus on and talk about today is how you are called and God wants you to shepherd your people through this moment. And I, 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 as, as a talk about your people, you know, everybody has their people, right? I'm not just talking about your family, but I'm talking about your friends, those people who you are really closely connected to, that you're in intimate relationship with, that God has specifically placed you in their life as a shepherd in this moment to shepherd them through this moment. And so I, I just, I believe that in this situation, this, this pandemic that we're in, that it has afforded us an opportunity you know, if you would have, if you rewind the clock back to January 1, New Year's Day 2020, and you would have told me that here in a couple of months, a few short weeks from then, that we were going to kind of be caught in this global crisis where it was going to bring our hustling, bustling economy, commerce, our daily routines to a grinding halt, I would have told you you were crazy, right? Who would have thought that we would be right here in this moment at the beginning of this year? But here we are. And as we're in this place, I think that one of the, the opportunities that this pandemic has afforded us is to reorient our lives around the things that matter the most. You know, I don't think that anybody's excited about the fact that some people are getting very sick and that there's a few people that are dying throughout the world. But one of the things that we can look at is that the opportunity, while there's negative things that are happening around us, that God is still at work among us. And one of the opportunities that I believe that we are allowed in this moment is to reorient our lives. I think that for, uh, for everybody that's involved, we could honestly say that, that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to spend time with family that we've been wanting to spend to have some extra margin. You know, busyness has been the norm in our lives for so long. 
And as, as busyness is the norm, it's like living without margin has become the day-to-day affair of the entire globe. And whenever we live without margin, I think that deep down inside we know that it's not good and it's not healthy. And so this opportunity that we have is a rare, maybe once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to all those things that we say, man, I would do this if I had time. You now have the margin in your life to invest into your marriage, into your friendships, to reach out to other people. And I know that we're all social distancing. We're practicing different things to make sure that we're keeping our distance. But there's still the technology that we have available to us today. Like no other time in history can we connect without actually being in close proximity with another person. And so this opportunity that we have been afforded gives us an opportunity to break the the cycle of busyness in our lives. Busyness, I I would go so far to say this about busyness. Busyness is probably our most widespread addiction. You know, for a lot of us, whenever we think about addiction, we think about drugs, we think about alcohol, and the damage that it does to our lives. But busyness damages relationships whenever we don't prioritize what matters the most, our relationship with God and our relationship with people that we love around us. Busyness is the most widespread addiction in our society and globally. Addiction is defined as this, as being compulsively or physiologically dependent on something that's habit-forming. I don't know if you've ever thought about your schedule and the busyness of your life, but it can be addicting in the place that it creates a habit to generate more busyness in your life. You know, there's actually some adrenaline that is pumped into your body whenever you're running so fast from place to place, from moment to moment, from this event to that event. And as we do that, it begins to to create this problem with inside of our heart. It creates this problem that we draw our self-worth from the things that we accomplish and the things that we produce. Now, this is why this is a problem, is that whenever you tie your self-worth to the things that that you produce in life and the things that you accomplish, then your self-worth is a moving variable. It's a moving target. What happens whenever your ability to produce or your ability to accomplish something on a day-to-day basis, your productivity wanes in your life? What happens if that is taken away from you? One day, we'll all get to the place where we can't work anymore. We'll step into a place of retirement, where we step back from the workforce. We're all going to get to a place where we have to slow down. And in those moments, if your self-worth is tied to the work and the productivity that you do on a day-to-day basis, then you're going to have an identity crisis. Here's the thing. Your value and your worth is not dictated because of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Whenever God created you, this is what Psalm 139 says, whenever God created you, it says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your value is because you are a human being, not a human doing. It's not based by the productivity level that you have on a day-to-day basis. So here's why this is important. This opportunity that we have and the, 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 the ability to break this cycle of busyness in our life. This is why this is important. If we aren't intentional about the new norm that we create in this moment, we're going to squander an opportunity. We're going to waste 
a, a once-in-a-lifetime chance to really lean into God and to really lean into the people that we love around us. It's because of this that I, that's why I want to talk to you about how to shepherd your people through this moment. Remember that you are called, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called as a priest. And as a priest, you have a ministry. You're there in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, and this is something that Peter reminds the body of Christ of in his epistle. He says this, look at verse 5. He says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it, is, for it stands in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in Him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for, it is, is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They, the ones who don't believe, they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you, church, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who called a people of his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has called the church to be a holy nation and a royal priesthood. You are a priest who has a ministry. You aren't some insignificant nobody who doesn't matter in the kingdom of God. You are a holy priest, priestess. You are a spiritual house. You are ordained to bring sacrificial offerings to God and minister to people. And so as we go through this moment, I want you to realize that, that your calling as the body of Christ is to arise in this moment to what's being asked of you by the world. See, this is our day-to-day um, ordination from God that we're priests. That doesn't change from crisis times to normal times, right? But the world is looking for answers. And so who you're being called upon to be a priest in this moment is the world around you. To stand and shepherd your people through this moment. Now as priests, if you look at the priesthood in the Old Testament, a priest was charged with a couple of things. And I just want to remind you of these things real quickly before we talk about shepherding your people. In the Old Testament, a priest was charged with two things primarily. The first thing that they were called to do was to minister to the Lord. They would go into the temple and their, their calling was to minister to the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on a continual basis to bring Him sacrifices and offerings, to, to lift up praise for the people of Israel uh, towards the, the throne room of God in heaven. And as that, as ministers of, of Christ... As priests, you and I are called to minister to the Lord in this hour. One of the, the opportunities that we have is to have the margin in our schedule to minister to the Lord, to invest in our relationship with God. So many people are reaching for heaven right now and are reaching for God. This is the perfect time to spend time in cultivating your relationship with God in worship, in prayer, 
Ministers in the Old Testament, uh, priests would minister in the sanctuary, and there was a rotation of responsibilities. Not only would they lift up sacrifices to God, but they actually shared the duties. And one of the things that I have loved seeing in this moment that we're going through church is to see people doing the work of the ministry. It's something that we preach regularly here at GTF, that God has called not just the, the pastor to do the work of the ministry, but He's called the pastor to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so to see people um, encouraging one another, offering to help with supplies that other people don't have, to, to, to offer encouragement and prayer, it, it is the fulfillment of what we're called to do in this moment, to minister before the Lord, to, to encourage one another in prayer, and in worship. But the other thing that a priest was charged to do in the Old Testament ministry of the priesthood was to minister to people. Real quickly, just run through this real fast. There was four primary things that a priest's job was to do on behalf of the people. The first one was that priests were called to judge in the nation of Israel between right and wrong. Whenever somebody would have a dispute, they would bring it to Aaron and to Moses. And whenever that, that dispute was judged on, the priesthood was called, they were called upon to judge between right and wrong. Not only that, but the priesthood, the second thing was called to discern the will of God. They actually had this, this thing in, in uh, the priesthood of Aaron, and it was called the Urim and the Thummim. It was actually this garment that Aaron wore. And it had these 12 stones on this garment. It was this breastplate. And as he put this breastplate on, it represented these 12 stones, represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And he would go in and he would consult with the Lord in the holy place. And he would, he would inquire of the Lord whatever they were needing God's direction on. And God would direct them, Aaron and the children of Israel, in that moment through this garment. I don't, I don't know how that works. It's kind of weird. But here's the reality of today where you and I are as we are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. You know the difference between right and wrong. God has given you the discernment, the discerning power to know, to judge situations and circumstances and know the difference between something that's good and something that's bad. That is inside of you. But not only that, you have the same ability as Aaron, the high priest, to consult God and gain his wisdom and understanding to know what his will is in every circumstance that you're going through in life. You and I have that ability as New Testament priests, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Here's the, second and the, the third and the fourth, rather, a thing that a, an Old Testament minister was called to do to minister to people. The third one is to bless the children. You know the song that we were just singing, The Blessing, is taken from Numbers 6. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. This was the, the blessing that Aaron and all of the priesthood were called to, to pronounce over the children of Israel. And I, show, I told you this last week, there was a time whenever Jesus was walking, as he was a rabbi, walking through the city streets, and all these kids came, and they surrounded him and really kind of bombarded him, and his disciples were trying to get rid of him. And it says that Jesus said, don't forbid the kids to come to me. You remember that? Well, as a rabbi, what these kids were doing, it was a regular practice of, of rabbis and priests to lay their hands on children and bless them with this blessing. Numbers 6.24 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you 
and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. And this is what God commanded in this blessing. So shall they, the priesthood, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Listen, you have all authority in heaven and upon the earth as representatives and ambassadors of Jesus Christ to pray for people and to bless them. Listen, people that are around you right now, they need hope. They need encouragement. Who better to represent Jesus than you? a blood-bought child of God, to bless people in the name of Christ and to begin to intercede for them and to care for them in this moment. The fourth and last thing that a priest would do is to teach the precepts. They were called to judge righteously, discern God's will, bless children and the whole nation, and teach the precepts of God. 1 Peter 2.9, we just read this. And as Peter is calling us to be a, a nation that's holy unto the Lord, a priesthood in the new covenant, right? As he's calling us, he says this in verse 9, this is why we are a priesthood, so that we may proclaim the excellencies of Him. The excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. You and I are called to proclaim the good news, the precepts of who God is according to His worth. The truth is what's going to set the world free around you. And so as ambassadors of Christ, this is our ministry. This is what God's called you to do and what the world needs from you in this moment. And so I mentioned shepherding your people. I want to explore that for, for the last part of this message and take a look of what that might look like in your life and in my life in the moment that we live in. I want you to, in your Bible, click over to, to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, <clears throat> in verse 4, this was the commandment that God gave the nation of Israel according to the Word of God, how to steward His Word, His precepts that we were just talking about. And I want you to think about this as we read this passage, is that one of the things that God was encouraging His people to do was to take responsibility for their household. And so as they took responsibility for their household, He was giving them some things to do with their people. And so as we read this, you may be sitting there thinking, man, I, I don't know that I'm supposed to be a shepherd right now. That's not my job. That's somebody else's job, right? But God is looking for His people, His church, to stand up in this moment and to shepherd, to lead to the people around them and to be the representative, to, to take responsibility for not only your household, but for those... If Maybe you're not married. Maybe you don't have kids. But you have a group of people that are your tribe. They are your people. What God is asking of you and of me is just what He's asking of the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 6, is that we would take responsibility for our people right now and make sure that nobody goes astray in this moment, that everybody is cared for and encouraged. It says this, look at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall 
Talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. God is asking us to take responsibility for the truth and the relationship that God is offering to us and to lead and to shepherd the people around us in this moment. And so this is, I believe, what God is saying prophetically to you and to me in this moment. Be the one who shepherds your people. Take responsibility for the people around you, whether that's the, literally the neighbors that live on either side of your house and across the street. That's your family, if you have a family. Those are your friends and your co-workers. The people that are around you, look, whenever Jesus walked into Jerusalem, he, he was looking over Jerusalem at one point in the Gospels, and he over, as he looked over the, the nation of Israel and he saw specifically the city of Jerusalem, he prayed this prayer, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I have longed to gather you together as a mother hen gathers her chicks. Listen, this is a moment for the body of Christ to gather the people that you have responsibility for that are connected to you and to shepherd them through this moment. So what would that look like? I want to give you three things today. Feel free to jot these down. Type them in a note so that you can think about them and how this could apply to your life. Three things real quick of what it might look like to shepherd your people in this moment. The first thing that I have written down is to break the endless cycle of media consumption. You know, I think we're all tuned into what's going on because we want to know. It's, we're in an emergency situation, right? And so I, I realize that we need to be aware. But, you know, as, as uh, school gets canceled and we're all schooling from home, it's not canceled, we're just schooling from home, right? Um, all the teachers typed in amen. As school is being done at home, as work is happening at home, as all those things shift, it's really easy to lay in bed all day long and just do this endless scroll through social media, through the headlines, through YouTube. And listen, I think that one of the things that we have to do in this moment is to, at different times during the day and through our interaction with the people around us, is that we stand up and say, hey guys, let's stop for just a second. Let's turn this off and let's tune into each other. This is something that, we've been, that I've been preaching for a long time. This is something that has to happen at a family level in this day and age. But even more so now when everybody is, is scared and they're looking for information to bring them peace, information is never going to bring you peace. Jesus is the only one that can give you peace. And so in, in this moment, this is a moment for, as a shepherd, to gather and take responsibility for the people around you and to stand up and say, hey, let's, let's take a couple hours and let's shut everything off and let's tune into each other. Cook a meal together. Play games together. Talk with one another. If, you, if, you need to, if you're not in close proximity, you need to jump on Zoom or FaceTime and whatever you need to do, but spend time connecting at a relational level and break the cycle of media consumption. We need to be, I was talking to April about this yesterday, and this is what she was, this was really burdening on her, her heart, is that we need to be thermostats in this moment instead of thermometers. It's really easy to kind of go through the flow of life and walk into an environment, whether it's work or whether it's church, 
and you just kind of respond to the environment that's in front of you, and you just become a thermostat, right, you, or a, th a thermometer. You just kind of read the temperature of what's going on in the environment around you. But what God has called us to be as people who are light bearers and image bearers of God is that we are thermostats, that we actually set the environment, that we set the temperature that's in the room, that we are the ones that if it is cold, that we warm it up, that if it's too hot, that we calm it down. And so in that, in that vein of thinking, that then, then we are the ones that have to break the cycle. And whenever everybody is too much into themselves or we're getting too fear motivated because we're watching the news too much, that we are the ones that say, okay, listen, let's shift into a godly direction. That's the first thing, that we be people who break the cycle of endless media consumption. The second thing is that we redirect our attention to the Lord. I think this, this kind of maybe is a simple thing, but listen, it's just really easy to, to default our, our uh, to just kind of go down the slippery slope and just let life happen to you. In this moment, it's a great moment to turn our attention to the Lord. For a lot of people, especially the millennials and the younger generation, for a lot of people, this is the first crisis that they are really going through in their life on a global level. I mean, I can remember whenever I was a young dad and 9-11 and happened and, and being concerned for my kids. And for many people who are young and they're, they're coming into their identity and knowing who they are, this is the first global crisis that they've had to go through. And in this moment, a moment of crisis, time and time again throughout history, that is the moment to turn to the Lord. It's really easy to say that we love God when everything's going great and to worship Him when things are going good. But it's right now is the moment to turn to the Lord. Now's the perfect time to seek Him. And guess what? I make you this promise. He will answer. He will show up as we press into Him, as we call upon Him. Jesus said this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And so how you can begin to, with the, I'm talking about with the people that you are shepherding in this moment, how can you turn to the Lord with them? Don't make this something just private for you, that you're just turning to the Lord. Actively look to the people around you and say, hey, how can we turn to God together? Really easy. I mean, it's just simple. It's in God's Word. It's through prayer. And it's through serving. You know, there's so many opportunities right now to serve others around you. Do that as a family. Do that, do that as a group of friends. Not only that, but spend some time. If you're, whenever you're engaging with one another in relationships, spend some time in prayer. Ask somebody that you care about, hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you right now? This is a perfect time to really check on people and make sure that they're doing okay because a lot of us, I would say everybody, is going through some emotional turmoil in this moment. So the first one is break the cycle. The second one is redirect our attention to the Lord. Here's the last thing that I would recommend that we do as we shepherd our people through this moment. Enjoy each other. Make memories. Like I said, this is maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us to have family together. I know our oldest daughter was at college, and she was living in Amarillo. And for the, the time being, she got a job back here in Dumas, and God totally provided, and she moved back in with us. Our kids are going to be schooling from home. Now, 
is a maybe once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us to break away from the busyness that we're addicted to and to focus on the people around us. So make the most of it. Bust out some board games. Go on family walks. Get your friends together on FaceTime or whatever, whatever means that, that, that works for you. Do whatever you can to take this opportunity and make the most of it. Listen, I know that a lot of people, whenever I say shepherd the people around you and be the priest to the, the, those who are looking for answers around you, that you're looking at yourself and there's some insecurity there and you're going, man, I can't do that. I, don't wanna, I just want to conclude and give you some, some advice from one pastor to now a whole nation of priests. Whenever, I've got, whenever I stepped into the ministry, I was really young. I was 30 years old whenever I became the senior pastor of Grace Through Faith. And for the vast majority of pastoring in those early years, I just always felt in over my head. And one of the things that I learned on a continual basis was that Jory, as a young shepherd, that I had a shepherd. And, and Jesus, being my shepherd, as Psalm 23 said, he was always going to lead me. And so listen, you're not called to have all the answers. You're, you don't have to have the solutions to every problem that's around you. And whenever you feel like you're in over your head as you're trying to shepherd the people around you, just look to your shepherd. Ask him to lead you in this moment. And as he leads you in this moment, then you will be well equipped to minister to the people around you and lead them through this moment. I want to just ask you to just pray with me this morning. And, and, and I'm just going to pray a prayer that God would anoint us to be shepherds. But listen, if you're watching today and listening and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to tell you that it's available today and it's not hard. What God's asking of you is that you would simply put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross. If you would like to know more about that, then please private message our team. We would love to get in contact with you and talk to you about how you can start your relationship with the Lord today. If you would, just bow your head and let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have in this moment. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint your people, anoint the church in this moment to shepherd their people. Lord, I just see the, the body of Christ all spread out in their homes. Some of them are still going to work in their businesses. And as we're doing that, I just see all these small flocks that are spread out. I pray, God, that you would put a, a tenacity and an anointing and an unction within your people to rise to this occasion and to be the shepherd for the people around them that they need to be. Cause them to be bold, cause them to be courageous. And Lord, as they do that, I pray that they would look to you and draw strength from you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in today. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do before you turn off the feed is what we did last week. And here at GTF, we typically celebrate communion every Sunday. And so if you have something, anything that you can celebrate communion with today, I want you to go to your refrigerator and your pantry and break some bread and grab the cup, and I want you to enjoy that, either if it's by you by yourself or with your family there, and pray for one another before you conclude church today. God bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful week, and we'll see you Wednesday, 1230, for prayer.